the front door of your store is basically the front page of your website. Right. right? If you don't have a brick and mortar, your website better say, number one, here's a picture of someone successfully using this product or service that I have. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte. Welcome to episode two of the Digital Marketing Masters podcast. Uh, I'm Jeremy Marcotte with Hook SEO Digital Marketing. I'm a project manager and I'm here with Matt Rouse, one of the owners and gurus. Guru. I'm not your guru. Do you ever see that show on Netflix? No, I haven't. It's worth a watch. But anyway, I am Matt Rouse. I am one of the owners of Hook SEO Digital Marketing along with Scott Burson, who is our technical man behind the scenes. And then we also uh, wrote a couple books. And my latest book is called Start Saying Yes, Improving Customer Experience and Sales Through Positive Messaging, available on Amazon, iTunes, and Audible, and all those places that you buy books. What do you want to talk about first in the book? Well, I want to talk about customer experience because customer experience has gone downhill dramatically. Over so if you had time. a bad customer service experience Absolutely. recently, why don't you tell me about the most recent bad customer experience that you can think of? So the other day, because I, I got a good one from yesterday. You, want, you got one from yesterday? Yeah. Um, the other day I went to a countrywide uh, hamburger joint named after a red bird and uh, <laughs> they... <laughs> It started when we walked in the door. We weren't greeted, you know, by the woman standing uh, looking at her phone from the front uh, kiosk thing. And then when we were sat, we waited for almost 10 minutes before somebody actually came up and said hi. And then it was a rushed, hey, guys, how are you? Uh, I'll be right back, which is fine. But then we looked around the restaurant and realized there was like seven tables sat in the restaurant. So they have like 14 employees working. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All the employees are standing around talking to the bartender or whatever the case is, but they're not actually doing anything. And then, you know, it's simple questions. Hey, can we get our fries out first? So, you know, the, the kid has something to eat while we're waiting for the food. No. Like, oh, what? Yeah. I'm ordering something with bottomless fries and you can't just bring me a, a little thing first. Anyway, it just, it, it snowballed. Can we have an example there. like that in the book? Yeah, it's the exact same thing happened in months and months and months after this happened, right? It's prevalent. Yeah. And it's spreading. Yeah. It's spreading like a plague. It's a customer service plague. Plague. <laughs> it's true. It's everywhere. It is. And it's horrible. Yeah. So let me tell you a story. Yesterday, I went to a place. Picked up coffee because there's a little Starbucks on the corner and then they have like a little taco place next to it. Ironically, or at least coincidentally, I have a billboard there that's running for my book about <laughs> customer service. So I walk, take a picture of myself in front of the billboard on it because, you know, if you have a billboard, you want to take a picture of yourself in front of it. Yeah. I go there. I do that. I walk into the taco place. I start ordering. She's like, how can I help you? What can I get you? Whatever she says. I don't remember, right? And I'm like, okay, I want like two chicken tacos and I'll also have – and then she picks up her phone and answers it. No. And she's no. like uh, – and it was in Spanish. So I mean, I don't know exactly what she was saying. And, and then she like puts it down again. She's like, oh, sorry. Okay, what else? But she was on the phone for like a couple minutes, you, you know. Literally but while you're giving her Like, your yeah, I was like in the middle of saying, like, I said, I want this and I want. And she just picked up her phone and started talking. Oh, my God. Like, it was the weirdest thing. And I, I like, I don't even know what to say. I, your restaurant is underneath the billboard about customer service. Like, it can't get 
any funnier. And I'm wearing the same jacket and like I'm on the billboard. Oh, right? Like it's the same picture as the back of the book. <laughs> so anyway, that was kind of funny. But so why don't we get right into it? So let's talk about we'll talk about what's in the book. Um, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, so we'll we're we're gonna talk about some stories that aren't actually in the book and some that are, but um we're only gonna go over about the first half. So we'll do that as quickly as we can because we want to get to the point of how can you fix these problems. I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on the fact that she answered her phone in the middle of anyway. Yeah, it's crazy. So let me tell you a story about that, and maybe this will help cue, cue you in on, on this kind of mindset that people have, all right? Okay. So, and this is an example. I heard it on another podcast. I honestly, I forget which one right now immediately, but I believe it was the Marketing Book Podcast. But anyway, so this guy's doing consulting for a company company says we want to improve customer service throughout the whole company like our customer service is a problem mm-hmm. and but it's not terrible um, we think it's pretty good but what we want to do is we, we just want to like be known as the best customer service right so everybody all the upper management the CEO and everybody get together and they get together with the board and they're like how are we gonna identify customer service to our employees so that they know like how they should treat people uh-huh. So basically, they throw some ideas around. And they come up with, they're like, you know who has the best customer service is the Ritz-Carlton out of everyone, right? Okay. The Ritz-Carlton has the best service, according to them, right? And maybe they do. I honestly don't know. So they're like, draft this memo, and they send out the stuff to all the employees, and they have all their managers have meetings with their lower managers and the middle managers with the staff and the you know heads of departments have them with their departments and their staff, and everybody has this meeting that they're going to tell everybody – we are going to have service like the Ritz-Carlton, right? They're a business-to-business place, right? Okay. And everybody, everybody, Ritz-Carlton, Ritz-Carlton, Ritz-Carlton. So they're talking about this all the way through. What happens six months later, how do you think their customer service numbers went? The same, if Exactly not the same. Yeah, because who can afford to go to the Ritz-Carlton exactly. if they're an employee? Of so the consultant employee? comes in, and he does a survey of all the front-end employees okay. and says, question one is, have you ever been to a Ritz-Carlton? No. 100% no. Not a single person has ever been to a Ritz-Carlton. So they don't know what customer service is like. Right. Right? Because they've never been. Most of them haven't been to a restaurant with a ticket value of over 30 bucks. Right? Right. So they don't know what good customer service is. Right? I mean, maybe they know it from a few places, you know, here and there. But if you're the average person going to average places you get average shitty service. Right. Right? I mean, we're not even talking about average customer service. We're talking about crappy service. Yeah. You're getting crappy service from unhappy people who have unhappy managers with unhappy owners, and then you get unhappy customers. Right. It's this big unhappiness party. Sounds exciting. I don't even know if unhappiness party is really good grammar. No. I should know that since I'm writing books, but I don't edit them. Absolutely not. Speaking of editing, your editor just signed on and she's watching. Hey, editor. (laughs) So... Uh, that's my wife, Carrie, by the way, who edited the book. Um, also, quick shout out. Um, Craig Brubaker did my photo on the back, and he also did like some headshots for our company. They look really good. He made me look more handsome than I already am, that's which right. is a really big feat. Face for podcasting. Face for podcasting. All right, so chapter one in the book is called Servers in Oregon Always Say No. Yes, they do. And I am not picking on Oregon specifically. It's not just, it's actually pretty much all of the Pacific Northwest and some other places. It's funny because I was talking to uh, Tracy from the All Things Real Estate store yesterday. Right. She just went to Texas. Okay. She just got back. Every restaurant she was at, 
they would come in, they would sit down, they would say, hey, how are you guys doing today? Good. You're doing good? Yeah. That's great. Have you ever been here before? No. Everybody asked her that everywhere she went. What? And she actually asked one of them. So how come you guys ask everybody that? I've never heard that before. And they're like, oh, well, you just, you want to know if they've been here before so you can tell them about it, you know, and tell them, you know, all the great things that we do and what great things we have and blah, 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 blah. And she's like, this is amazing. That's cool. Because she's been in Oregon most of her life. I mean, as far as I know. And right. at least the last, you know, 20 years or so. And uh, she's used to going into a restaurant and they're like, hey, what can I get you? You know, and I'm not singling out Oregon servers specifically. I know lots of servers who give great service. Right. right. I know lots of places that have good service. Mm-hmm. But there is a vast majority that don't. Right. Unless your ticket, you know, average ticket is over. Right. And I'm not just talking about restaurants. I mean, everywhere. Right. I don't have so many customer service nightmare stories that I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> right, let's let's get into a good example. Okay. Service in Oregon always say no. The reason that that came up and that's the title is that what my business partner, Scott Burson, right, other owner of our company, came for a meeting. We all met, us, some friends, some family. We all got together. We go to a restaurant. We're talking about how crappy customer service is kind of pretty much everywhere you go now. Like it's just gotten worse and worse over the years. And he says, yeah, have you ever noticed that servers at like bars and restaurants and stuff in Oregon, they like always say no to you. But anywhere else in the country you go, they don't like say no that much. I mean, you know, I mean, if it's unreasonable, they'll say no. But I mean, they'll say no for anything, like any excuse to say no to you. I mean, yeah, he's kind of joking, but kind of not. Right. And this story is actually in the book. But um, so Carrie goes... Hey, I want to get this this chicken dish. It's like chicken Alfredo or something, right? But she's like, instead of the chicken, can I get some vegetables? You know, she's doing a, a diet thing when she's training for the marathon. And she's eating vegetarian, right? That's not a big deal. How many vegetarians are in Portland? Like, just about everybody at this point. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I'm joking. but I'm a vegetarian and I do CrossFit. Or they're vegan. You know, like, who knows? They're pescatarian or... Right. Dietary That's not a religion. That's, a that's you eat fish but not meat. Right. Because fish aren't real animals. But that's beside the point. <laughs> okay, so she says, can I just get some vegetables instead of the chicken? And the guy's like, no. <laughs> just <blatantly laughs> like, no. <laughs> right? And she's like, well, yeah, I just want some vegetables or something. He's like, well, I don't know what we have. You know, what kind of vegetables do you want? She's like, well, I don't know what you have. Like, throw some fucking vegetables in, right? right. Like, I mean, this is not difficult. Every kitchen has vegetables. Just take a handful of them, chop them up, stick them in a pan, and cook them. Yeah. And it costs less than a chicken breast. A lot less. Yeah. Right? How much is chicken? Six bucks a pound or something, right, for chicken breast? I don't right. know, six, seven bucks a pound. It ends up being around 75 cents to $1.25. And serving. what's a quarter of an onion, half a bell pepper, and a couple zucchinis? Yeah, nothing. A buck? A quarter. Tops. Yeah. So the point here is not that we're bashing on restaurants and servers. The point is that they've made a business decision for the owner that cost them $6 of revenue. Right. of revenue just on her meal. How much did it cost them in all the times we never went there again? Right. Because it's in my neighborhood. It's one of the nicer restaurants. You know, at the time, anyway, there's a lot more now. But Mm -hmm. we literally never went there again, ever, because of this one terrible experience. And one bad experience of one employee a restaurant does not make. But the whole point that we had brought our family and people from out of town and everyone there. And it turned into like arguing with the people at the restaurant. It was, it was a horrible experience. I mean, we'll never forget how bad that restaurant was. Right. And there right? goes your family spot, you know, spending a few hundred bucks, whatever. Okay. So it's like the guy who wrote the book, the $6,000 egg. 
he had his place that he brings clients to and he asked him one time can i get a fried egg on a burger and they just said no and they kept arguing with him and he figured out that the amount of revenue that the restaurant lost in one year from him not bringing his friends and his clients there was six thousand dollars because someone wouldn't put an egg on a burger when it could have been finished in 30 seconds yeah how long does it take to fry an egg two minutes lucky yeah so (laughs) anyway so and i don't want to keep beating the restaurant end of it to death but it's just because eat people eat restaurants a lot so it's very prevalent there because you're interacting all the time right so i got a client of ours a friend of mine uh comes here from maui invite another friend of ours to lunch with us Mm -hmm. i got my daughter with me she's two right so i want to get her some food just like we were talking in the previous episode about getting some french fries or whatever ahead of your meal for the kids kind of thing so we're at this uh korean restaurant i said hey um is it possible that I could get like a little bowl of rice or something for her, for my daughter, right? So that, you know, she can eat it and just, it'll help keep her quiet, right? So everybody else doesn't get bothered by her. Right. And uh, she goes, well, what kind of rice do you want? Do you want white or purple? I didn't even know purple rice was a thing, honestly, but those are my choices. I'm like, I don't know. Can I get both? (laughs) No. She just says no and stands there staring at me. I'm like, well, I guess I'll get white. And she's like, okay. And she just walks off. Completely oblivious oblivious to the fact that she just like blatantly said no to me. Right. For no reason. And didn't she come to get your orders? And then she came back to get our orders. And this is the worst part. She never ended up bringing the rice ever. So not only did we not get the choice that we wanted in the first place, right. but we never ended up getting it. And then it was still on our bill. And, you know, I paid for it. It's two bucks or something, right? Right. But who cares? She could have been like, well, if you want white and purple, it'd be like a couple bucks extra. I'd be like, sure, whatever. It's a couple right. bucks. I don't give a shit. If it's going to keep my kid quiet for an hour, I'll buy all the rice you have. Yeah. Right? But the funniest part of it was I literally just gave each of my friends a copy of my book. Hmm. And it's sitting in front of them. And it says yes. It says start saying yes in giant letters on the front. And then she says no and walks off. And we look at each other and the my friends, I mean, they both used to work in hospitality and they're like, oh man, who says no like that, right? <laughs> and I open the book to the start of the first chapter and in giant letters for the header on the first chapter, it says, servers in Oregon always say no. Brutal. And they start busting out laughing, right? But I mean, that's the thing. Who, who are you trusting to do the customer service right. for your business if it's not you? Right. And if it is you, are you saying yes to the right things and are you saying no to the right things? So that's that's kind of a hard – without an overhead, like 10,000-foot view. Right. You might not know in the moment, right? So how do you know that? How do you own that? How do you set the example and – Okay, so let's <laughs> say that let's, – let's talk about two different scales here, okay? So the first one is – Say that you are an entrepreneur, maybe you're a solopreneur, right? You're a one-person business. You know, you're some kind of service provider where you meet with people over the phone or in person. I mean, you're actually talking to customers, right? Right. The first thing that you want to do is you want to make sure that what you're saying is positive but isn't giving you some kind of weird, like, no vibe to the things that you're saying, even when you have to say no to something. Okay. So you want to do it in a positive way. Right. And especially if you work business to business, it's actually pretty easy. Right. So if somebody comes to our company, right, mm-hmm. you talk to people about their projects and stuff all the time. Somebody comes and says, hey, uh, I want you guys to build my website, but 
but I don't have any money. So can you build it now and I'll pay you next year? Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Sorry. Was that the wrong answer? It is a no, but you can say, you know what? We can't really do that, but we do have options. Right. Right. That's that's what we do. One of those options is like you could give us a down payment and then we could do some work. Right. Or we'd split it up over a few payments. You know, so you can give people options and be honest about it. Right. And you just say, look, I got staff to pay and I can't pay them with no money. Right. Right. So. You know, you are, you're a business owner. You're going to have a website. You eventually, you want to have big business and employees and all that kind of stuff. You're going to have to pay them too. Mm-hmm. So just be honest. Be upfront with it. If it's somebody who's using up too much of your time for free, you got to be like, look, I'm sorry, but I have this, these things that I need to do. If you want to schedule an hour next week, we can talk during that hour. Right. But outside of that, I have projects that I got to finish. So we're going to have to leave it at that for now. And then I would be happy to meet with you next week for an hour, whatever it is. Right. right. If you're a large organization... You say you have tens, hundreds, even thousands of salespeople. Right. How do you know what they're telling your customers? Training? Record their phone calls. Those are a couple ways. Those are not the best ways. Okay. The best way is to mystery shop your own business. Ooh. So you go in to a place where you don't think people are going to recognize you. And if they are going to recognize you, have somebody else you know go in for you. Right. And you want to do it in multiple locations uh, if you have multiple locations. But let's say you own a business and you have... 20 staff of salespeople, servers, whatever the kind of employees that you have are, right? right? Multiple uh, mystery shoppings. Or if you have a business where you have a call center or emails come in, that kind of thing, call them. Easy enough. I'll give you an example. Perfect example. We had a business. We're running advertising for them. Our advertising statistics are saying that they've gotten 30 phone calls of people interested in their product in the last week. Wow. And they're like... I haven't gotten any calls. So I'm like, are you sure your phones are working? Everything's set up correctly, right? Yes. And I'm like, I know I asked you this before, but I just want to make sure again, right? Everything's set up because our stats are saying that they're calling you. Right. So unless they're hanging up before you answer the phone, something weird's going on, right? Right. They're like, no, it works. It works. So I call them. I call them and I get them. Rings a few times and they answer the phone. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, okay, it's working. Well, I don't know what's going on, right? So anyways, a couple hours later, I'm like, Well, maybe people are calling when they're not in the office or something. Mm. So I call. The phone rang 60 times. Wow. 60. And then I text message them on their phone, and they had forwarded the office phone to their cell phone, but the forwarding doesn't work. Awesome. Every time they're with a client or they're out of the office, which was 90% of the time, their phone just rings and rings forever. Awesome. So they spent all that money marketing for people who couldn't call them. Exciting. So calling your own phone number is really important. Right. And don't call it from the phone you're going to answer because Makes then sense. it doesn't really tell you if it's working. Right. Email your customer service people. Ask them questions. Do a test order. All of those things matter, right? Right. But those things are going to help you learn what they're saying. And another big thing is you need to know what it is your company is trying to do. And mm-hmm. everybody else that works with you should know what that is. So you ready to put on the spot? Oh, thanks. Yeah, sure. What is our company's goal for this year? Our company's goal is to help 24 businesses with their websites and more people than that double their revenue. You're close. I am close. It's to help 12 people beat their sales target. There you go. See? double. Uh, if I double You're my revenue, that's correct. a good sales yeah. target. But, I mean, you understand <laughs> what I'm getting at. Right. You have an idea what our goal is. You know what we should be doing. Right. Your salespeople at your business should know what your goal is. Now I need then to you should do test that. them to see if they actually know what it is. Right? Thanks, Matt. You're welcome. I like being put on the spot. 
said no one ever. That's my fault because you don't know. Yeah. See? Yes. It's not. I mean, uh, I guess technically you do know. We just don't word it exactly the same as me. We need to work on your wording a little bit. Okay. All right. So another thing about customer service is signage. Signage is a huge problem. Why? Why is signage a problem? Signage is a problem because when you go into a business, the first thing that they have posted is a list of rules with the word no in front of it. No shirt, no shoes, no No service. No shirt, no shoes, no service, no photos, no coffee, no outside drinks, no food, no whatever. No dogs. No, 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 no pets, no dogs. The idea of the entire history of sales training is to get people to say yes. Right. You want them to say yes. Like five times. As many times as you can, right? Right. You want to make sure they're in the right frame of mind by framing them for the sales experience by having them say yes, right? Right. So every time you get someone to say yes or something positive, like right, correct, they're in the, in the, you're framing up the, the positive nature of the experience, which makes them more likely to purchase. Right. Okay. So this coffee shop down on the coast, love it. Go there all the time. Every time we go down on the coast, I go in the same little coffee shop. Yeah. It's actually an insomnia, okay. right? Evan and those guys run it. So I go in there. I get my coffee. They know what I want. I know how to order it. I got everything down, right? I can get my thing that I want. Carrie gets her coffee, right? We go out and we go shop around kind of the little stores and stuff that are in the area. Mm. And there's a store. It's not there anymore. It used to be really close to that coffee shop. I think it, it, it might have been next door, if not a building or so down. It said, uh, no drinks, no food, no pets, no photos. No photos. And it was a giant sign in black, bold letters on white. Like, I don't even know what the name of the shop is yet, and I already know that I don't like them. Like, it already says, no, 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 down the front of the door. Right. They might as well have called their store no. It's a good name for a store. And you open the door and you go in, and hanging on all the little racks, there's little signs that say no drinks and no photos. And they sell hats and stuff. It says, please do not take photos. Aren't they, like, right next to the coffee shop? Yeah. The coffee shop where everyone gets their coffee, they walk their dog to the coffee shop, Mm. get a fancy coffee, and then they want to go look in stores and stuff, and it says no pets, and it says no drinks. I'm holding my coffee in the store. And Carrie's like, hey, (laughs) you're not supposed to bring your coffee in here. And the girl behind the desk goes, oh, don't worry about it. It, it, We don't mean that for you. And I'm like, what? What? What do you mean? Like, and she's like, oh, oh, you have a lid on it. And I'm like, okay, thanks. But that's not what it says on the door. Right. The door says no drinks. It could say, please put lid on drinks. Yeah, it should say drinks in containers only. Something nice that doesn't have the word no printed in like 80 point font on the front. Yeah. So the other thing is no photos. How do you think things spread nowadays? Photos? Through? Social media. Correct. Hooray! You got it. So... What do you think somebody does when they go in a hat store and they try on a hat? Oh, I take pictures like yeah. a fool. And then you post them. Yep. And you post where you were. Yep. And you tell everybody, look at this cool hat I found at the hat store. Ha ha ha, check me out. Exactly. So every time going shopping, you find something, right? For somebody you know, you're like, oh, you know what? Joe would die for this. He, right. He's been looking for that hat where you put the two beers on each side. That's the straws hanging down. I'm going to put it on. I'm going to take a picture and send it to Joe so Joe can come buy this hat. Yeah. You know what happens when you say no photos? That picture doesn't get sent. Joe never comes and buys a stupid hat. It's a great hat. (laughs) But you get the point, right? Right. So that's why you want to be saying yes, and you want to think about the positivity that you can get rolling 
And there's an amazing study that was done. It was in the book Persuasion, uh, where a guy was standing in front of flower shops. I believe he was, he was in France or something. I don't remember where. But it's not important to the story. The important part is this guy is going to ask girls for their phone number to see if they'll go on a date with him. Okay. Okay. So he goes and he stands at different spots in the mall to try and see if he can get girls' numbers so he can call them for a date. Ooh. He finds that if he stands in one spot, he gets twice as many phone numbers than any other spot. Good to know. That's when he stands in front of the flower shop. Huh. He's not in the flower shop. No, he's just He's not buying them flowers. He's just standing in front of the flower shop. Interesting. So the women who walk by and see him and talk to him in front of the flower shop are being pre-suaded, not mm. persuaded. They're being pre-suaded by... The flowers are something you get people when you're in a relationship. They the roses signify love and all these things, right? So you're saying like this is a Valentine's romance theme type idea that's behind this person, right? So they're more likely to go on a date. So it reminds me of something else you told me once about pennies and clouds. Yes, basically uh, one newsletter, same audience, the same oh, book actually same. that was from. Oh, okay. So they're talking about a furniture store and they send out two emails, one to one half of the list, one to the other half of the list. One um, side has pennies, mm -hmm. pictures of pennies in the background. The other one has pictures of clouds. And then they took and gave a different discount code to each half of those so they could monitor where things were coming from. And people with the pennies in the background bought cheap furniture. And then people with the clouds bought the fluffy, comfortable furniture. Um, right. So and there's kind of the same thing. You're priming people's brains to make specific decisions on actions that, I mean, you want them to take, but you're not doing it in like a creepy way, right? Right. It's not like you're trying to make people do something they don't want to do. There's a good thing. And I honestly, I don't know who said this quote originally, but I've heard it several times. Sales is the ability to help people get out of their own way to get the things that they want or need. When you are persuading people, you're actually speaking to like the inner darker parts of people's brain, right? Yeah. So the part of your brain that makes decisions is not the part of your brain that is the logical part. So the front of your brain that's logical and does language and all of these things is not the part that makes a decision. Right. Part that makes your decision is your primal instinct brain. Okay. Okay. So that part of your brain doesn't speak English. It doesn't speak whatever language you speak. Okay. Because the speech part of your brain is in a different part. Okay. It controls emotional decisions, things like um, fight, flight responses, and that kind of stuff. Got it. Okay. So when you hear things, feel things, see things that are going to help you make a certain decision – those parts of the decision-making process have happened before your brain has even figured out what you're looking at so that you can, like, explain it to yourself. Your conscious brain doesn't get a chance to think about something until the other part of your brain's already done it. And that part of your brain influences what the decision-making part of your brain is going to decide. Okay. So that's why when a lot of people say, well, I only make logical decisions, right? But yeah, it's, it's not true, right? Um, they may use logic to help them make better decisions. Right. But most of the time, they're making decisions, emotional decisions, and then backing it up with facts after. So they're making a decision and then using logic to explain it, not the other way around. Okay. And the reason that how this ties in is if 
your part of your brain is saying no, 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 no. As you walk through the store, you go into somebody's business or, you know, you have to read 50 pages of terms of service to use a product or whatever it is, all this no, 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 no. When it comes to the part to make a decision, part of your brain has already decided you don't want to do it. Right. So you really have to force yourself to get that thing. But if it's yes, 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 when it comes time to actually decide if you're going to pull out your wallet, yes, you're going to do it. Right. Because you already feel like buying it. A lot of times people make decisions about who their provider for a service is based on how they feel about that person and nothing to do with anything they've said. Makes sense. Let's say you're going to find yourself a real estate agent and you meet with four or five real estate agents. Okay. And you go through and and you've decided logically up front, I'm going to meet with all four of these, see which one is the best one, do some research on each one, then I'm going to pick one. Okay. Right? So you go meet with one, you go meet with two, you go meet with number three, and you guys are laughing, you're having a good old time, you're having a conversation, you have some lunch or something. Oh, this is great. You know what? I'm just going to go with this guy. I'm not even going to go with the other one. I'm not even going to go to the other meeting. Okay. This is my guy, right? Right. Did you make a logical decision? No. Right. You made an emotional decision. Yeah. Based on a connection. Right. So anything that you can do to prime that decision in mm-hmm. advance is going to help people make the decision that you want them to make. I right. mean, um, but you're not like brainwashing people, right? You're just, you're, you're trying to not let bad things get in the way of them using your service, right? Product, service, whatever right. it is, yeah. So, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not out there to cheat people anyway, right? right? I mean, you're a business owner, you're a smart person, you're an entrepreneur, you know, you want to treat people fairly. You want to give them good, you know, deal for their money and a fair price and all this kind of thing that go along with it, right? Right. But you don't want to push people away accidentally by priming them to say no. So how how do I make sure that as the business owner or as the representative of that business, how do I make sure that I'm available to say yes? And how do I know that I'm not just saying yes to say yes? Because there's got to be a line, right? There has well, to there be. is. And you're going to have to kind of find that line for yourself. Okay. Um, a lot of times it can be related to what your product or service is. I mean, you're not going to spend five hours of time like going for lunch and following up and going to meetings or whatever to network with people uh, if your product costs $12.99. Right. Right. And you sell 80 of them a day. Right. You cannot possibly do that kind of follow-up and stuff with that many people. No. But if you have someone who buys from you regularly, maybe that's someone you can reach out to. Okay. But you can also be upfront about it and say when someone comes to your website or, you know, they go to your social media or whatever, and you have positive messages talking about what you do, you show someone who has completed the process, you have testimonials that are positive about the positive experience they had with your business. Right. And you explain to them, this is the plan of how you get from where you are now to where you want to be. Do you want this thing that I have? Right. Yes, they do want that thing that you have. But you know what people do? You've seen a hundred zillion terrible websites, right? Yeah. Tell me what every company says on the front page of the website. We've been in business since 1972, and we were founded by this and this, and this person does that. And uh, yeah. Exactly. And, and it's all about them and their need to and feel important. Nobody cares. <laughs> right. Nobody cares. Correct. When's the last time somebody came to you and said, you know what? I cannot wait to go to this business because 
Uh, I heard that they have free lunches for their Ooh, employees. Free lunch. And uh, his grandfather started the business in like 1968. And, you know, they <laughs> pride themselves on having the best customer service. And, like, it just doesn't happen. Right? I don't know. But where's his company with the free lunch? Google. It's free lunch, I heard. Yeah, Google's free lunch. And uh, Greg says, step one, pick up the phone when it rings. And Scott says, we are so great. We, 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 we. That's right. We, 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 we. And the favorite topic of every single person on customer service or on planet Earth, for that matter, is me, 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 me. Yeah. There's a song about it. You want to hear it? Oh, God. Me, 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 me. That's what people want to hear about. Okay, so come... I mean, we're not getting off topic, even though we are talking about like websites and stuff now, but it's not off topic because it's just like the front door of your store, right? If you have a brick and mortar, the front door of your store is basically the front page of your website, right? right? If you don't have a brick and mortar, your website better say, number one, here's a picture of someone successfully using this product or service that I have. Right. Step two is what is it that you do? Identify the customer's problem. I don't care what business you're in. Let's say you have some obscure business like... You fix a problem for a specific type of car. So let's say, are you a BMW owner who's getting a noise in your car um, that's making that, that's worrying you? Right. Then our technicians are experienced in BMWs, and this is what we do, yada, yada, yada. Right. And, um, I mean, maybe taking a noise in your car, that might be taking a step too far, but what I'm saying is, you know, this is what we do. If you have this problem, we fix this problem by doing such and such. And by doing this, you can avoid blah, 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 which is the bad thing. If you have this problem, we have a solution that will give you this positive effect and avoid this negative consequence. Okay. Here's a little explanation of what our thing is, right? Right. Yada, yada, yada. We have technicians. We have all the tools. We got all the things that we need to fix your car, get you back on the road so you can be happy driving your car. Here's how it works. Step one, fill out this form. Step two, our guy is going to call you and set up a time to bring in your car. Step three, you drive away satisfied. Do you want to get this now? Right. Yes, I do want to get that now because my car has a problem, right? I know that you know how to fix it. Yeah. You've told me what the process is, so I know the plan in my brain. Uh-huh. And I can go through that plan, and I know how to get started. Perfect. Yes, 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 yes. It doesn't say no shirt, no shoes, no service. It doesn't say please read our terms of service before you purchase. It doesn't say anything like that. So it's this is your problem. This is what we promise to do, and we'll get it taken care of. Right. You'll drive away happy in that case. And then you take care of it, and you follow up so you get positive reviews like episode one. Right. And then ask for the review. Right. Because – if you don't ask for it, you're not going to do it. Absolutely. If you're going through the Safeway line and you pay and they don't ask you if you want to donate a dollar to whatever the charity of the day is, you're not going to do, do it. But, you know, at least they're giving the opportunity to say no, but, you know, right. or yes, whatever you're going to do, give them the money or don't, that's up to you. Um, but if they don't ask, you'll never know. And the same thing with reviews. If you don't ask, you'll never know if they're going to give you one. You're never going to know their real opinion. Right. And if they're willing to give you a review, it's probably going to be a good one. And if you ask your customers for reviews and testimonials or ask them how the service was, how did we do today? Did this, you know, live up to your expectation? You know, are you happy with what you got? Mm-hmm. People are going to tell you. And then you can say, look, is there anything else we could have done to make this experience even better than it already was? And most times people will say, no, I mean, everything's great. But sometimes someone's going to say, hey, you know what would be really great? I wish you guys had a blah, blah, right? And then if you hear a bunch of people say, oh, you know what? Everything was great, but I wish you had X, Y, Z. 
go get XYZ. Yeah. And sell it to your customers. Yeah. Because they're already used to giving you money. You already had a good experience. They will buy from you again. And then they will tell other people. And when they tell other people, you get a referral. And when you get a referral, a referral is 50% more likely to refer other people to you. They're 70% more likely to stay with you longer than your average customer. And they spend more, complain less. And they didn't cost you anything. And they didn't cost you anything. Except for some good service. So start saying yes is the moral of the story. You can find this book on Amazon and Audible and other sources as well. That's right. So let's wrap this one up. We will see you guys again soon for episode three. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Markoff. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Hey, next week, we're going to talk about local search rankings and why it matters, what you can do to change it, and just how much things like reviews, links, and SEO actually matter when it comes to local search rankings. And Google My Business. And Google My Business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.